gentlemen. <laughs> Moderator Q. Moderator Q. Okay. Q with the questions. I'm going to let the audience know we're doing something different today. I am moderating and we are going to do a little bit of a different format this time. So I'm going to go through some current news. We're going to go through some business, self-development, stuff that we always talk about. But we're going to um, we're going to start off with stuff that's trending in the world because, you know, if we're not talking about this stuff, <laughs> we're going to add some a little bit of, towards the debate. We're going to do some two minute sort of fire, kind of rapid sort of answers so that we can uh, make these episodes more engaging for you guys. So I'm excited. I'm excited. It's so I don't talk for more than two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's putting Kenny in a little bit of a uh, little bit of pressure situation. Hot seat. Garmi yeah. seat. That's right. That's right. Garmi seat. <laughs> so, okay. First off, Logan Paul and his fiance finding out he had multiple partners in the past by Dylan Dennis, who's been really going crazy online. A lot of the pictures from her past with previous partners have been posted by Dylan Dennis and he's just going on a on a crazy like storm online. And so what happened was was I think uh, I think her name's Nina Agdal, fiance of Logan Paul filed a lawsuit on Wednesday against his next boxing opponent Dylan Dennis for revenge porn according to court documents. In addition to the restraining orders due to Dennis's threats to releasing more photos and videos, Agdal has asking the court for damages no less than 150000 and the profits Dennis has made from social media posts about her. The restraining order includes all persons in active participation with Dennis. I'm going to go through a few of the other topics just to kind of, kind of bring it up. Logan Paul and Jake Paul fighting each other. This is something that a lot of people, obviously, they bring a lot of controversy to their fights they bring a lot of attention and eyeballs but them fighting each other has been kind of screwing up online and whether they should do it or not the brothers there's a debate here should they do it for money are they doing it for money um would you do it and that's the one thing i wanted to bring up to you guys you guys have brothers would you fight your own brother just for the attention the media the fame and all the eyeballs uh india changing their name to what is Bharat, I think, right? Is that how you say it? Yeah. Bharat? Bharat. Bharat. That's how you say I it. Think so, so India is obviously the most commonly named for the country. It is often called Bharat and sometimes Hindustan by Indian officials and the public. Bharat is a Sanskrit term Sanskrit term found in scriptures from around two thousand years old. Modi's party has tried has long tried to erase names related to India's Mughal and colonial past. So I want to know your guys' thoughts on this. Oprah and The Rock. Hollywood icons Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Oprah Winfrey have ignited firestorm of controversy with their recent plea for wildfire relief donations in Maui, Hawaii. The power duo took to Instagram last Thursday to announce their combined contribution of $10 million in the cause and is urging their followers to chip in. However... It wasn't long before the public responded with skepticism, questioning why wealthy individuals didn't donate more of their substantial fortunes. So this is the debate. They're going online. They made this heartfelt video together, standing together and asking all their followers to go click the link in their bio and please donate. 
And I actually went on this post and I looked through the comments and every comment is just absolutely shitting on The Rock and Oprah. They're like, their net worth is absolutely insane and they're asking for donations. Now, another thing about this is that as I was looking through this, people, the public are, are, are questioning where the money is going because there's certain places that the donations are going based on where the celebrities are pushing the money towards. Um, there's certain questions in terms of the ethics around the charities that are involved with the, with this. And some of this is like starting to really get into the controversial thing of like some of these things were instigated by celebrities or governments and things like that. So I want to know your guys' thoughts on this. And then finally, we're going to get into business. We're going to talk about the vault. I was just in Miami over the past weekend. It was a business conference from 8.30 till 9 p.m. at night, three days with Patrick Bed David. Shout out to PBD. Um, I'm going to talk to you guys about my experience about that, but also we're going to get into, um, you know, the passion versus being good at something. So meaning, do you follow your passion or do you just find something that you're good at, make your money first, and then do your passions on the side? Mastering the ability to reason processes and dis and and issues processing decisions and issues what are some major decisions you guys have made in the past 12 months how did you process them and how long did it take so without further ado ladies and gentlemen i'm talking too much but i wanted to bring those up now let's go back to the first current news current topic event logan paul and his fiance logan paul dylan dennis kenny what are your thoughts on this holy let's go into this topic <laughs> Yeah, I think what, what Dylan is doing here is he's trying to create a reaction from someone who he feels like he can beat and he feels like he has a chance against Logan Paul. Does he in an actual fight? I'm sure he does. That's why he's choosing him as his next target. But the sad reality is Dylan Danis, for those in the fight community, know that this guy is a complete tool bag. Is he like this from what I saw his uh, he has a Brazilian jiu-jitsu background and he's 30 years old. He's the type of guy that's going to chirp people that he 150% knows he can beat and that he's better than. And in this situation, he's picking on someone who hasn't fought in a fight outside of the WWE in 4 years. So, it's like, okay man, like you want to challenge someone, if anything, why don't you challenge his brother who has just as much clout who right now has actually had fights against other fighters, but you're going to choose a guy and then target his wife and go so far into it to go and look into her previous relationships and now make her look bad. So like, uh, I, I want to ask you that is obviously in, in, in the fighting community, there's always the, the, the beef and the rivalry all the way up until the actual event. People talk shit, people throw names and all these things but him going as deep as to go back through her history and just bombard her his fiance do you think that's right do you think that's allowed do i think, think there's yeah there's always a line even chael sonnen one of the greatest shit talkers in the mma community says there's a line and if he's ever had a fighter go up to him and be like yo man like like, I get what you're doing. You're hyping up the fight. You're trying to get something, but do not talk about X, Y, Z. And he's even said himself, if I ever had a fighter say that, I would not dare cross that line. I, there's at least some level of respect there. Dylan Danis is a rap man. 
Like this guy does not have a good reputation at all in the fight business. That's why you hear his name and you're going, Dylan Davis? Who is this guy again? Right? Like there's a reason why he's kind of like an outcast in the MMA community. He's done a good enough job to, of course, create some buzz for himself. Sure. But at the end of the day, man, like it's just sad that he's calling out someone like Logan Paul, first of all, and then he's going to his wife, Nina, bringing up previous relationships. It's like, man, like at the end of the day, like, what are you doing? We all have a past, sure. But now you're going to target his wife. Like how, how weak do you really have to be to get an arouse a lot of, sure, someone like Logan Paul, he, he he's going to respond back to something like that. I think we all would if someone were to say something about, you know, our girl like that publicly. So I just think it's Dylan's way of getting a lot more exposure lately. And he's willing, knowing his reputation, to like still have it be a bad rep and not a good one so he can get this fight. And it's clear to me, my understanding is he's getting it. They're going to end up fighting. It's creating the buzz that he absolutely wants. So it's just showing how we're in a time right now where you can publicize shit that's just not morally just to get what you want. And that doesn't sit well with me because it's like, man, like to the extent now where someone like Nina is like, you know, filing a lawsuit and and trying to find and make amends with this. And then it just brings up the past that she's just moved on from. It's like, okay, so you're putting up photos of me and Leonardo DiCaprio, my ex-boyfriend. Great. It's like, thank you for showing my past. Like, like what? And I'm sure, so, like, you can move past that. But it's like, it's unnecessary for the rest of people to see that. Yeah, so just bringing this up, too, because another part of this and what I saw on social media was that nina shouldn't be with logan and logan chose the wrong woman because of all these partners that are popping up and those the past that she has she has a crazy past and how could logan pick a woman like that i want to know your guys thoughts on this where they're well, fighting and they're saying yeah look at her look at her she's a you know xyz what i think thoughts? uh to start off with like the whole thing being on social media and being able to be used as ammo i think in, especially in this day and age we should all just know by now that if you don't want anything posted negatively about you on social media, don't let it even be out there in the first place. Not saying that it's her fault at all, but at the same time, I just know that when I'm picking a partner and when we're talking about um, like different amounts of people that she's been with in the past, I don't think it, I think it's a little bit different between guys and girls because anytime we've been with somebody and I know it's double standard, but that's just how it is sometimes. Um, but I think when guys are in relationships and they're out of the relationship, they usually have to grow. A girl like Nina, she's been able to, who knows how long, how many partners she's been with. Maybe she hasn't had to actually grow in those relationships to, to be with the next person because she's just Nina, right? And I think um, the scary part with somebody with multiple partners or many partners is if the girl doesn't have to grow as much because she's beautiful, kind, caring, and whatever, she's going to have a lot more traumatic experiences. Because I think if you've all been in relationships, every every relationship gives you some form of trauma, right? In its way that helps you either grow, but I think for guys, you, there's just a lot more growth. So I think uh, people are making it a big deal simply for the fact that, um, simply for that fact. 
because I think like indirectly, that's the thing that kind of pops up in the back of the guy's minds is I don't know how easy it would be to deal with somebody who's been with that many partners, because if they've left that many great people, who says that they won't leave you too? That's that's exactly it. That's kind of the, the, the point that people are trying to make is he deserves better. I can't believe she's been with this many celebrities. She's a gold digger. She's just trying to get exposure as a model and try to open up opportunities because Logan's 10, 20, 30 times bigger in terms of following and attention. You know, that's stupid because she's now found somebody. And if Dylan Danis didn't dig all this up, would people be talking about this? So there's also clips that are coming out of her and Logan being on a podcast together. And the, I don't know who it was, maybe it was one of his friends says, how much was the ring? And he humbly says like, oh, like, you know, it was, it was a lot. Like he, you can tell that he doesn't want to yeah. give the amount, and then she's like, "No, babe, like, like tell the amount," or like she says something like that. I saw the clip, and and I'm sure people will be able to see this, but that clip, again, clips can be very deceiving because you don't know the entire mm-hmm. context. But it looks like she's almost wanting to show off, like, "Oh, look, this x this hundred thousand dollar ring or whatever it is." Like, tell the people how much it was from a money standpoint. Yeah, that level of like, let's just say, uh, show-offiness might be there. But I think the the point from this situation we're talking about is why would we um, shame someone for having a past with, let's just say, multiple partners? That was their past. Yeah. Is she dating these people now? Is she seeing these other successful men while she was seeing Logan Paul? No. That was when he was no longer in her life. So why should it um, affect their relationship now? Like, we don't know the growth. We don't know what she's um, done to heal from that. So it's like, this it just reminds me of like looking at someone that becomes something to talk about and is the easy target. And then like make them make them look bad. When in reality, it's like, I, I'm just trying to come from a place where Man, like, give someone a chance to genuinely be with someone for for who they are. And yeah, let time tell, right? Like, a year or two from now, is there going to be issues in the relationship? Are they going to divorce? Whatever it is. But, I mean, I actually watched their anniversary video. And I had and heard Logan Paul say, he's like, after his first date, he's like, I'm going to marry this girl. Like, the way he, he felt about her right from the first date onwards just shows that whoever she is for him now it's it gives him peace so 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 leave them alone and let their past be the past yeah you know? i kind of agree and i like going back on that statement of growth um and like traumatic experiences for, for both partners and girls just maybe not having or not being forced because i think like as guys we will accept women for who they are and uh even if they haven't changed from their previous relationships but nevertheless i think shaming and all of that is just too much and who knows like maybe logan and nina can have the best relationship possible and good for them but at the end of the day it's also tricky when you put your life out on social media like that the way that it's been put out because it's it does portray and that could be a past but um a past that maybe you've grown from but at the same time it's it's easy ammunition for like if for example can you if you had somebody 
and you know that there's plenty of these videos out there in the past would it be harder or easier for you to date them um it would be because i think a girl like like for example now that everybody knows uh my fiance brings me plenty of security in my relationship right like she makes me feel secure in many different aspects but it, it also makes me feel comfortable and pushes me towards growing and i don't ever have to worry about the fact that um somebody could use her against me yeah i mean having to see that stuff publicly sucks you know like you, you would never want to willingly do that to your significant other but you also can accept and face the facts that you know you're 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 with this person now mm -hmm. having to see and hear it of course that stings like that that really hurts to know and see that the person that you love so much was with another person before. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you do whatever you can to make sure that, you know, you and your significant other don't see or hear that stuff. Right. right. But then at the same time, it's like, you just have to do a quick check with yourself and be like, who are they with now? Like, since I came into their life. I well, well, here's the thing. I'll, I'll say this in terms of both of them being in the public eye that definitely affects mm -hmm. their relationship whether they like it or not it's gonna affect now i mean now more than ever because it's now public and everybody's talking about it but i feel like um you as a as a man logan a i would be hurt if i didn't know about mm -hmm. the previous yeah. past and if this stuff was popping up on social media and it's like, oh, three, four, five, six partners. And I don't know about these things. And again, I don't have to know everything. Yeah. I just got to know like, hey, like, you know, you know, what, you know, what, did, what, what was that past in terms of just like a surface level? I don't even know what happened, this and that. But now that it's because it's because she's public. She's a model. So she's if her previous relationships were public, she was with Leo. She was with XYZ. So those are going to be public regardless. Mm -hmm. And so. The only reason it's on the spotlight is because of this fight. So, uh, again, it's it's a kind of a weird sort of um, it, it's it's a weird way of um, I guess it's a debate, right? Because at this point, it's like talking about a whether this Dylan Dennis is this is this right or wrong. You know, I remember Conor McGregor and Khabib, mm -hmm. and Conor was going crazy talking about his mother, talking about pork, talking about alcohol, and this and that. Is that, is that, where's that line? Well, where's that line in the fight world where you can talk shit about this person and go crazy? You know? Do you, uh, did you know that Dylan and Connor were a part of that same camp? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah. that's like, it's, it's funny, like this, when this fight popped up, I was like, man, I hate Dylan, but I think I hate Jake more. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy to, to even think about like, just, I think both both two guys, who knows, maybe they're doing it to hype up the fight in their own ways because they've both, I think, in their own ways, crossed lines, right? So who says that this line being crossed is or isn't acceptable for them? What line do you think Logan crossed? There, I think uh, I've seen plenty of clips of him not speaking as truthfully as he says he, as, uh, as the facts are. And kind of like flip-flopping enough times where it's not just one instance. The way I look at it, man, is Dylan Dennis, that clever bastard, man. Like, 
he is smart enough to look at once again who he's choosing and then he sees this guy logan paul at the top of his fame about to get married what man wouldn't defend and protect his girlfriend like that yeah you know so like yeah he, he then knows and sees here's my opportunity to get a payday and dylan's always been that guy who like somebody will win a fight and then you'll see dylan in the comments saying fight me or something like that yeah so talking about this now we go to our next topic which is jake and jake and logan you know the controversy or the 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 talks about brothers fighting each other mm-hmm. now this is something that was brought on I, I believe it was on another podcast too but i'm curious because we all all three of us have brothers in this room knowing their history knowing how jake and paul have rose to fame and all this controversy and all the unpredictability around them and how they've built their the attention and all the eyeballs around them this relationship that i have with my brother both brothers being in the public eye what are your thoughts on this i'm curious do you because you've crossed many lines you've done many things to get this this fame and this fortune and and all this do you cross that line and start have this boxing match with your brother talk shit do all the things that potentially dylan dennis has done xyz going back and forth or create that hype around you fighting your brother i want to know your thoughts yeah i mean i'm gonna say like for someone who lives with my brother is like best friends with my brother and is a business partner with my brother i i'm pretty disappointed to see the paul brothers who when you think of two brothers that are out there right now um they're one of the first two people you think of that have a lot of success that are in the fight world that are um doing things from being on youtube being the first adopters to getting content out there to now doing what they're doing in in boxing wwe and now when you look and see how they're allowing a lot of their issues because they have it which brothers don't yeah and they they're they're allowing it to go public whether it truthfully is this like game they're trying to play of let's try and just get more attention people are going to be all over this to get people talking i just think that if that's the case but we don't know directly if it is or not but if it's the case to just get more clout then they should have some shame it's like yo guys like come on like what kind of example are you two now giving for other brothers Mm-hmm. like there's kids man that look up to these guys even adults like we were just laughing earlier Adriel's mom bet on jake paul's fight against diaz like this is now uh like generational as far as how many people they're potentially impacting mm-hmm. but it's like yo man like once again let's talk about lines i think it's just a line you shouldn't cross to publicly shame your own brother because if and when you decide to do that if i'm your friend now if i'm someone in your life I'm going to take a huge step back. Because I'm like, yo, if you're willing to talk about your own blood like that, what are you going to do to me if and when things go south? And that that's that's just my two cents, first of all, about how I feel with that. You know, I'm going to share a quick little story with my brother and I. And uh, I think growing up, like, we moved a ton. So we were constantly just trying to fit in, find some friends to be around. But we never typically had that. And I think we took it out on each other growing up. But an interesting story that comes to mind when you just ask this question is we would literally get in fist fights. We would probably like hit each other as hard as we could. 
there's even a point in time where we just <laughs> went and got boxing gloves and said, okay, let's just hit each other as hard as we can. Or basically, you think you can beat me, I can beat you. But we never really had like a solid foundational relationship in the sense that you and KB have. Because when you when I met you, I was like, whoa, this is complete opposite. I didn't know, like I thought all brothers were like me and my brother. But then I understood that there's a lot of love between both of us because he was the first and always, he always had something to say, right? Like as typically as brothers do, but we were at the rec center one time and we're on the same team. He didn't actually play basketball as much at this point. Um, he just wanted to get in some cardio, but then I was always there every day and I'd be arguing with people every day, like talking trash back and forth every day. And my goal was always to just stay on the court from the moment I entered, never lose, go home and then live off that high. But there was this one guy that day who kept on pushing me when I jumped in the air, right? And I jumped and he pushed me hard enough where I went out of bounds. I landed and I was upset because I was like, it's, I've been hurt like that before. I've hurt my back and been out for months. So I started saying something to this guy and the guy started saying something back. And out of nowhere, my brother, Thalha, he came, starts pushing the guy, starts swearing at this guy, starts cussing at this guy. And I was in the middle of this argument and I started laughing. I was like, wait, 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 wait. This is the same guy I fight at home all the time, right? So it was completely different because I think there's mutual understanding that in private, brothers are going to have their own arguments. But in public, we're a team and we're united, right? And anytime I've been in public with him, it's always been more unity than there's been disparity or there's been more connection between both of us as a unit rather than tearing uh each each one apart so i think from that aspect like if you take that to the global scale it'd be nice to see because other brothers are going to learn that same same concept it's like okay maybe maybe they have youtube videos where together they're just joking around and messing around but in public when when they're going against other people they should be defending and being on their side um and defending them rather than being their opposition so i think it's one of the weirdest things that i've seen lately and but i'm not surprised like you're saying it's disappointing it is disappointing but honestly i am not surprised one bit i like jake a lot i think jake is um more so on the on the normal side for me in terms of how i see his i think he's actually really? fa- yeah you think he's jake the normal one. Oh yeah easily really easily well logan paul's you could notice comes off a lot more emotional yeah because really? yeah uh, i think jake talks out of logic where logan really talks emotionally all the time and he flip-flops and he's a big brother so he'll like to flip-flop when it's more convenient for him but jake at the end of the day like being the little brother he's saying less but he's just presenting some facts right and then when he does that it starts triggering Logan in his own ways. And honestly, I haven't dabbled into too much. I see enough of it when I when I feel like I can't trust somebody and I've seen them kind of go back and forth on their words. I just, I'm not here to engage in random. So, so, the line, so the line you guys are saying that you wouldn't cross is the line of them fighting each other and having that. If, 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 they, if there was a, a company that came out, we're going to pay 500 million, they could pay Jake me a Jake. billion dollars and I'm not fighting my brother. That's what I wanted to know. What about yeah. you? Stupid. 
Like yeah. why that that shouldn't even be uh, something up for debate. Like what what once again example am I providing right by fighting my own brother? That's mm-hmm. so dumb. I would lose. <laughs> but also on top of that, would you think? Just, would you think it would affect their relationship afterwards? Of course, forever. Yeah. They're never gonna yeah. forget about that. It's just dumb. But if they came to an agreement, like if they behind the scenes, they're like. No, this I, isn't anything like we we got love no. for each other. You go on the basketball court, you fight. You go into the ring and you fight, but afterwards it's all good. Okay, so there's there's one side which is money, and there's one side that's status and respect. I think the side that they're going for, if they're trying to be like, you know, it'll be fine by the end of it. Let's shake hands, be men, be brothers. But the other side is somebody's respect and status is going to be damaged in, for life, right? And if that's worth the money to them, then it's a little sad because I think money can buy so many things, but it can't buy those two things. Love and that. when that happens, that's that's a line that I would never cross. Love that. Love that. All right. On to the next topic. These hot topics, man. Adriel, we're just on a roll, man. See, I should be more mo- moderating more often, bro. This nice. is just like hot topic, hot topic, hot topic. All right. India changing their name. My Indian brother, please. Let us know what your Sashi thoughts Kaji. are. Oh man, I love these because everyone can finally see a side of me where I can finally be negative. <laughs> like, like, oh, it's a great idea. Yeah. No, it's a dumb idea. Is it's it? the oh, stupidest idea. Okay, okay. For one, let's look at how much this is going to cost India or Bharat if that's what we now need to start calling it. Wait, right? wait, before you go on, does your family call it india or does it do you call it bharat or hindustan india or blah, blah, blah. india it's it's india like when when has it never not been india i feel like this is some sort of um like just it obviously has a lot to do with the um like religious agenda like where india is led by like majority of hindus so this is a way to now name it Bharat. So that way there's some sort of like um, religious context involved with the naming of the country and to perhaps, you know, favor the majority of Hindus within India to make them feel like it's now shifting over that ruling. And beyond what I know with that is this is going to cost money. You change the name from India to Bharat. Now, every document is going to have to be changed to that name. Now, every single like thing you you can think of is going to have to be changed to Bharat. That's going to cost India roughly 15 crore. And it's like, man, like what where could so that money for go 15 towards? Crore, can we convert that into Yeah, brother speaking in crore. <laughs> yeah, bro, that's what the that's what the articles so are saying, probably, right? I'm sure it's millions of dollars, right? That's probably and, what it is. Well, or let's, more, maybe more. Let's look it more. up. But the sad reality is the first thing that comes to mind is okay, over a name change, that's how much this is going to cost. Where else could that money go? How else can that help people? If you know, you're looking at it from a money standpoint. Yeah. You're not looking at it from a symbolic standpoint. That's bullshit again, bro. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like, okay, what better is that going to do? See, other than provide some sort of level of like, oh, uh, thank you for naming it, Bharat. You know, like, this is, I feel so much more connected to my country. It's like, it's been India, bro. Get over yeah. it. Like, <laughs> you know, and I even heard uh, like Pakistan looking or I heard I haven't honestly dabbled into this that much because to me, the 
the the topic is just pointless for me to kind of look into but at the end of it i'm from pakistan and when they were talking about pakistan changing their name to the new india it's like the only thought that i really had is okay so india and pakistan have been at war for god knows how long and now we're just going to change their name and be them right like it just something doesn't add up on it and at the end of the day i i'm my grandpa yeah getting a lot of uh wrestling sounds oh really yeah shit um it was when uh Karam started talking though. is it better now yeah it's better now okay okay all right thanks brother Restart thank you bro yeah, yeah um all right, let's let's start over on that. So, yeah, I think like the the topic of Pakistan and India kind of being integrated in that because you're from India, I'm from Pakistan. So growing up, it's always been like they're two separate things. And hearing that India is going to change their name, I heard Pakistan's also looking to change their name to the new India, which is just confusing to to me. And as somebody who's grown and born and raised in Pakistan, it's I think especially for my grandpa, like my grandpa is very very adamant on his loyalty towards pakistan he's very into the news these things actually literally impact his physical well-being based on how he hears it and how he perceives it so i think like when you have that much like uh, the saying in for pakistan is pakistan's in the bad right and when you have that much loyalty and devotion towards a country and all of a sudden it's changed it feels like a piece of that is also changing, right? And I'm sure that's how it is for Pakistan, but that's also how it is for India in its own ways and every other country. You change Canada to Kannada, maybe, you know, or like something else. Yeah. Like, you'd be like, it's, it's just off. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it doesn't feel like you've built that culture for so long around that name is you're, you're going to have to start building a new culture. And I I don't know if this is based on um like how the world is kind of shifting and they're looking to create a new version new systems new everything that this is a play onto that is things are about to be different and that's why they're changing the name that's the only kind of perspective that i kind of see it at but outside of that i don't really have too too much of an opinion on it okay so both of you guys are on, sort of on the same page on to the next hot what about topics. you me Honestly, for me, I, I, I'm on, on the same page as you guys. But again, I don't know the significance behind the name and if the majority of the country is behind it. And vice, like, for example, India is very diverse, like very diverse. Same with Afghanistan, same with Pakistan. Like we have a lot of different sects of people that identify as Indian. Yeah. Right? You have Punjabis, you have Hindus, you have Afghans, you have Pakistanis, right? We could all be Indian. So what does that mean for the country as a whole? And what does it mean for those individual, um, you know, uh, groups of people? Because you're essentially changing and changing a country's name is essentially changing an identity yeah. at the end of the day. And that affects, like you said, it affects your grandpa, it affects my ancestors, it affects my extended family as well, right? Or your extended family. So uh, I don't know how I feel about it. I think, again, I don't know the history and significance behind it, but I would lean towards what you guys are saying. Well, and even going back to like how we identify ourselves, this is a whole other side. We don't have to get into the rabbit hole, but as someone who is Punjabi, there are people now that feel like entirely 
just turned off by the idea of calling themselves Indians when they are Punjabi, just mm. due to what we've had to go through of in course, our history, yeah. what we've also have been going through and always feeling like the minority in our own country that we're from. And it's just like, it, it's crazy how much context there is to like what you call the country and what you call yourself. But once again, changing it to a different name for a political agenda, it, it's so ridiculous because I, the humanitarian in me goes, that money can go towards people that are suffering. That money can go towards your hospitals that your guys's, you know, health minister isn't putting enough money into. It can go towards like things that are actually going to preserve lives. And instead, you're you're changing the country's name. Like India's politics is a whole other world of bullshit, man. We're calling this episode bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on to the next topic: Oprah Winfrey and The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, going on to social media pleading to their followers for please donate to our charity your guys's thoughts on this i man i went through the comments on this on this instagram video and it is just brutal man they are after them they're like what the you know what the hell are you guys asking for money you know both of them obviously heavy hitters people that are at the top of the top of uh you know, rich and wealthy and, 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 you know, celebrity and fame. What do you guys think? Them, them asking for their followers to, to, to donate to their charity and help Maui. I think, um, you said 10 million is what they donated. I believe so. Yeah. And does anybody happen to know the net worth? I think, uh, I have no idea about the net worth, but it's in the hundreds of millions for both of them. So probably, probably around like the 500 million mark for sure. So I think uh, in that regard, um, like 10 mil combined isn't much. And The Rock is one, uh, maybe on a The Rock is somebody that obviously you grow up watching WWE or Monday Night Raw and you kind of like see him pop up. But he's like transformed into somebody that maybe I don't know as much of as I used to know previous. Oprah is somebody who I've heard too much conspiracy around her where um i just hear things that she said that obviously i don't even want to paraphrase because there's they're so crazy to be uh to be thought of but i just think that anytime somebody's asking for donations and they have that much wealth and they're only donating that much it makes me question even the maui fires i heard didn't she have a yeah yeah so so Talking about the net worth, together their $10 million donation accounted for a mere 0.36% of their combined estimated net worth of $2.77 billion. So, with so a B. With a B, bro. In that regard, I, I know people who, um, or I know of people who donate more than that yearly, right? And this is talking, and these people technically have more money than them. So I don't really understand. It always does make me think like, did you guys also hear about the Maui fires? Didn't Oprah have a house there too? Yep. Yeah, well, both of them are from, or both of them, well, I believe she has a house, but I think The Rock is also from Hawaii. So this is on the conspiracy side. I yeah. saw a little bit, so I can't say I, I fully am educated on this topic, but I saw a bunch of celebrities that had houses in Maui. And I also saw another video of um, a government official, or I think the, the person who's running Maui, saying that they wanted to buy back the houses and whatnot. 
And ironically, all the celebrities' houses were not on fire. That's, yeah. So I think that compiled with Oprah having a house there (laughs) and then asking for donations is, I don't know, it just makes me feel, regardless, you should donate to uh to a great cause but then it's just hard in this day and age to know where where that money's actually going and what it's going for crazy thoughts on this mr kenny buller man we live in a world right now where unfortunately a lot of people question everything um the government does celebrities do people of higher power and higher status have a lot of it having to do with we're we're getting fed misinformation we are seeing proof of that in so many different ways. We went through the pandemic. Some people call it the scamdemic. We went through, um, you know, proof of seeing that news and media outlets have an agenda and they're feeding us information to distract us from other things happening in the world that we have no idea about. Mm-hmm. So what does this do to the world? It actually, if you notice in the past five, 10 years, had this have happened even five, 10 years ago, you look at the comment section, it'd be a very different experience. Yeah. People would be hooing, they'd be hawing, they'd be like, oh, this is amazing. This is exactly what celebrities should be doing right now. So in my opinion, I respect Oprah Winfrey and I respect Dwayne The Rock Johnson a lot. I look at this outside of what even people are saying. I'll be very honest with you guys. The first time I came across their video of saying, hey, here's what's been happening in Maui. Here's how we can help. I initially just looking at it, I was proud. I went, hey, great. Here are two people that have a specific connection with what's happened there. And they're actually explaining to people how we can help. So what's wrong with that? If people dig into any source that they could have chosen, they chose a specific source that they felt like is viable and is one that's going to help out others. So the problem with that argument is that because they're so wealthy, that them asking for charity is what people see as wrong. But then at the same time, they donated. I would I, I would understand this would be a completely different argument if they didn't donate a single penny. Was it not clarified that they donated $10 million? $10 million yeah, yeah. So here's another thing. I'll share a personal statement with this. People are now supposedly getting upset. You guys only donated $10 million? Mm-hmm. What the fuck is that? Right? Like it's $10 million. That's a good amount of money. So now... If people found out how much I donated to my professor, who right now he's on his deathbed, like he's full on, like it's scary, man. One of my favorite teachers, you know, he's been one of our guests, Charles Keim. He got diagnosed with cancer. There was a link that got put out um, where his family's donating now up to like a target of $10,000, which they hit, which is fantastic for them to now use for his therapy. Okay, I'll be honest with you guys. If I told you how much I donated, one would go, why don't you donate more? If you really cared about this guy, mm-hmm. that that's all you gave. And, you know, given my current situation, given the fact that I'm running and starting a business and, and every penny counts, I still looked at that like, okay, I want to meet him properly. I want to actually like give something to, to, to be there for someone I love and care about. So now couldn't just the same if people found out about that and I was like this high celebrity, they'd be like, yo, man, that's fucked. That's all you gave? Yo, man, do you really care about this guy? So it's like, now we're talking about 10 million with billions of net worth. The fact that they're even taking the time to go out there, talking about an issue that they care about, and people are looking at it negatively, just shows that 
this is a bigger problem. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is an issue where a lot of people don't trust any information that are being sent to them. So as someone who's a Joe Schmo in the world, I can't help but look at this and be like, we have a bigger problem on our hands. Like this is something that never used to happen. But you know, and I think that's that's the problem that I have with it the most is the lack of trust. It's like imagine imagine somebody who you know has been bad their whole life, right? And then all of a sudden they they start saying, okay, I'm going to donate this money. And then you got to be on board with it and not have something say, I just, I guess I'm skeptical on there being agendas that I just don't know about, right? Regardless, I think I agree with you. I think whatever you can donate is more than amazing. And my mom donates all the time. We, My mom tells me to donate all the time. Anytime something happens, we just, we even have a donation box at home. Right. So it's I'm not opposed to the amount they gave, but I think as as humans and like the stories that I've heard about Oprah specifically, it just makes me harder. It just makes it harder for me to trust her, especially knowing the fact that she also had a house in Maui. Hmm. For sure. All right. I love the thoughts, gentlemen. Last one before we get into our business section is Vivek Ramswamy, Indian presidential candidate running for president being president of the u.s obviously i don't know too much about this uh about his his sort of history i know he was in the biotech industry he had a company he sold it um he was at the top of his class at harvard my question to you guys and this is just a debate between us three because again i don't know his past i don't know everything about him but an Indian man running for the U.S. presidential spot, the most powerful seat in the world, as some people would say. What are you guys' thoughts on this? I really want to know. Do you think a, a guy like this could win? Now, before it was Barack Obama back in the day, how could, you know, uh, you know, a, you know, person of color be in that um, mm-hmm. seat? I want to know your thoughts now as an Indian man who's trying to run and be president of the U.S. Do you think he even has a chance or is this a complete long shot? Is this like a fairy tale dream? Um, You know, it's funny, like I've seen a few clips kind of randomly pop up and I think he's a very thought out person. So he has fully formulated opinions, which I, I think in the last podcast I mentioned that I respect quite a bit. So I saw him on the Breakfast Club kind of debating with Charlemagne and uh, whoever the, the rest of the crew is. But what I kind of got from it is he is, A, I actually didn't even see color nearly as much as I saw his capability. So you know how Sean actually posted a post about short kings, right? Just the other day. And my thought to that was like, damn, I don't actually look at Sean being short. I just think about the greatness he provides. So when I see Vivek, I, I kind of see like a guy who's gone through all the steps. And what I think what most people don't like about him is how honest he is. And that's the part that was throwing me off is like, this guy's literally telling you deep down in his thoughts why he's doing it. And I think he was, he was elaborating it in a way where most people have the same thoughts, but they don't, they just don't, they're not willing enough to share it. So I think the honesty, the integrity that he kind of displayed from the the videos that I've seen, 
compiled with his capability of his past being um, top of the class at Harvard and just being being that guy for that long. I actually, A, I didn't even see that he was brown. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I just kind of, I noticed that. I was like, man, this guy, he's way better than Biden, right? Yeah. Like to me, I was like, this guy, I would trust this guy way more based on honesty, integrity, and capability. He's also one of the younger yeah. sort of candidates too. But yeah, that's the debate. Like, well, that's one of many debates on on, on him running. And, uh, you know, for me, it's like, it's, I mean, I'm inspired by the guy in terms of, you know, just having the balls to run his own campaign and, and, and to shoot his shot, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day. Like, I think it's, as Sean would say, it's bold for someone to, to, to make a move like that. And at the end of the day, I feel like, I personally feel like no matter how good he is, his skin color can't be ignored, like it won't be ignored by, by the people in the sense of like that is a factor and people will perceive him no matter how good he is. I don't know if he'll win or not. I don't know mm-hmm. if, you know, what, what what will happen. But I think that I agree. Like I, I would want a candidate who knows what they're talking about, who's really informative, who's honest in the public, who's open and willing to have conversations and debates, who goes on to other people's platforms right now, like The Breakfast Club and all these different platforms answers your questions, mm-hmm. takes on the controversy, takes on his own past. Like you want someone who's willing to do that. Again, the the reason I brought this on, because again, I don't know too much about him, is does his skin color, does his Indian background affect his shot at becoming president? I mean, I'll agree with Karam here. I, I, I'm looking beyond the color, but this is coming from two Two brown, brown guys, brown yeah. guys. So <laughs> let's face it, that is going to slightly skew and affect how people are going to view him right off the bat. The moment people hear his name, the moment people see him and they don't really know who he is, they're going to be like, oh, a brown guy? Like, that's the first thing they're going to think of, let's face it. But also, when you do your homework, when you look into some of his viewpoints, he is very raw. He is very anti-woke. He comes from a perspective of, you know, some things he mentioned recently titled as truth on a tweet that he put out in August 23rd, just a couple weeks back since we recorded this, is one thing he stands on is God is real. Another thing he stands on is there are two genders, period. Another thing he states is, you know what? Parents determine the education of their children, mm-hmm. which I'll be honest, the little that I know of this guy, the fact that he stated that, facts. I strongly stand on this. Personally, I think that, first of all, with the whole... abortion side of things and with having children i think because you need a phd for such high level positions you should at least have a an education of some sort to have a kid and i mean like you don't have like not an education anything but you should have some sort of education how to raise a kid the fact that anyone can be a parent is crazy so in order to empower our next generation i think it's so important that we put that level of attention on it's up to the parents to strongly educate their kids to make sure that they're prepared for society. Instead yeah. of a parent going, your teacher will just tell you everything and it's up to the school system to have you figure it out. But nonetheless, going back to Vivek is, he has very strong points. Some of the things that he stands on is, he thinks the voting age should be raised. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna automatically disagree to that because now having less people to vote is once again, less likelihood of 
you know, more of a society being able to make a decision. Maybe he's standing on the fact that maybe an 18 to 24 year old doesn't know enough in society. Well, did you vote 18 to 24? I didn't. Right. I'll be fair. So I think like, um, I don't, I, I understand in terms of freedom and having the choice to vote versus I think the people who vote also maybe haven't been well versed or experienced enough in the political side to understand who's a good candidate or not. Whereas like now, I would argue we don't even talk about politics. We're not into politics like that, but at least we have some form of groundational uh, groundation work, right? Where we can actually have a conversation and be like, you know, maybe I don't like this. Maybe I like this perspective. At 20, 18 to 24, maybe those same things don't matter. You but know, then, like I'm not. But is every 18 to 24 year old like that? There's going to no, be no. some that strongly I know, want but, to be able to but make we got to talk, right? talk about it in the general form because there's always exceptions but they always say exceptions don't break the rule right for for the general person i don't think that's make or break is what i'm trying to get at him saying that what's the worst case scenario there's going to be older people making the choice i don't think like if you would you trust 18 to 24 year old self to vote or 24 to 30 well i mean 18 to 24 year olds look at them in 10 years from now they're the ones that are going to be in these higher level positions. They're the ones that are going to be having the ability to make decisions. So I personally think it's very unfair to cut 18 to 24 year olds. And that's the thing going back to Vivek is like he does have some pretty, as you could tell, like mm -hmm. strong stances on things that are going to make people go, whoa, like to Karam's point might be a good thing to me. I'm like, ah, I don't really stick with that. He does stand on there should be no national abortion ban, which once again, like I agree, like what? Why, why allow abortion? Um, sorry, I want to make sure I'm framing this correctly. Like why? Why shouldn't you be allowed to have a abortion? Yeah, yeah. Why prevent people yeah, yeah, from yeah. having an abortion? Yeah. Right? So once again, standing on the fact that like people have a choice to For be sure. able to do that instead For of, sure. let's say someone now who shouldn't be a parent is now a parent. Yeah. How badly is that going to fuck up the next generation? So would you say that's... Um should people be more careful with who they're sleeping with or um, wouldn't that like, wouldn't that root cause kind of fix? Obviously there's special cases. Like if somebody's assaulted and those things where I see it differently, Yeah, but I think like all this form of freedom, too much freedom also has led you to the same problem of whether you should get an abortion or not. I think this, I think like if you, no, you're not ready to be a parent, then you should have the decision to be able to not have that kid. All right, moving on. I know we'd, we, I mean, we could get into that rabbit hole maybe on another <laughs> second floor. Each topic is like special a special series uh, <laughs> episode, but uh, I know we went a lot into the, into the current news. So I appreciate your guys' thoughts. Um, we're Damn. moving on to our business section. We got about 15, 20 minutes left. So I really want to hone in on this. And um, I, I wrote, I wrote a bunch of stuff, but I think I'm going to get right into the sauce, right, Adriel? We're going to get into the mean sauce of, of business. Um, I went to the Vault Conference uh, last week in Miami, and it was all about business strategy and scaling. And there are a few things that, again, me and Krom talked about this, where you might know a lot of things when you go take a course or you go to a conference, but it's that one or two things that you know stick out to you. And for me, it was operational systems. And it was about if you don't have 
again, we went to the mean potatoes of this, so I'm not going to get into the technicals of this. But if you don't have solid operational systems in your business, you cannot scale properly. And that was one really big piece that I took took from the conference. The second thing was was having uh, the master mastering the ability to reason and process decisions. As we entrepreneurs in this uh, room, as we move up and as we build our business, we're gonna have to make bigger and bigger decisions. Same thing with life. The older we get, the bigger you get, et cetera, et cetera. You're gonna have to make hard, harder and harder decisions. So understanding and having a really good way of, of, of processing and making decisions and reasoning was something I took out. So I wanna know from you guys, over the past 12 months, obviously there's been a lot of changes in our businesses and our personal lives, but speaking strictly on business, the last 12 months, you've made a major decision. What was that decision? And how did you go about processing that decision? And how long did it take you? So I'll start with you, Kenny. Um, I, I'd say making the decision to operate out of my home gym and being able to quit my day job and not let my ego get in the way to operate in my home. That's something that allowed me to not only make and earn a living, but use that as a way to search for a new location at a time where I knew the the demand is now higher than what I can fit in my current space. So we grew out of our space, let's face it, within like 90 days. And we needed to make a decision um, like quite quickly in that I strategically um, was looking for locations for as long as I, I could have for six months, even while I was at my nine to five job. But I think it was really important for me to let ego um, not get in the way because I did have many moments where I was like, well, why don't I just get a big grand space and then let's try and fill up that. But then now when you think about it, rent's going to have to be starting to get paid right away. Money's leaking on a monthly basis. So the biggest lesson I got out of that was start small, like literally start within a confined space where you're not risking so much of your, your money to be leaked out when you're not even needing that, mm -hmm. like physical space. And um, for me, I'm very blessed that I have a home built in a way where I can utilize it. So for other people that may not have that opportunity, don't go looking for that huge space just to make your friends proud and make social media followers go like, oh man, you made it. No, like go sublease, like go, go like ask someone who currently has a space Hey, like, can I borrow your space on the weekends? Or when are you not operating this space? Can I like come in, maybe rent it out for a bit? Start there. Go low risk in the beginning. So you now have, you know, some reps. You have time and experience to build it up. So my, my question to you is, is that what, how did you come up with the reasoning? Was this an internal process? 
<laughs> did you ask for advice from other people? What, yeah. This, how did you come up with it and how long did that take you? This was my friends and family telling me, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> this was at a time when I was wanting to look for 10,000 square feet space, looking at potentially partnering up with a big franchise gym, million dollar loan. I just, I, I vulnerably opened up to my network. I talked to my mentors. I talked to my loved ones. I talked to my partner. They they all were like, hey, we respect it. And, and, and a, like, like, hello, high water, do what you need to do if that's what you need to, but start somewhere. So, you know, it was my accountant, it was other franchise owners, it was my girlfriend, it was you guys. So how long did that take you, that process of that sort of initial, like, I'm I'm ready to blow this up into a big commercial space, ever, and then to the time of like, you know what, maybe I should scale it back a little bit. Oh man, it took a good year. It took, I, I, I was dabbling. So you didn't make a, a decision until for, for 12 months. Once I started talking to the banks, once it started to feel real, once I started to inquire what it's like to get a million dollar loan out, that's when I started to realize, what am I doing? You know, and, and once I made financial statements that let's face it still made sense. It's just everything from what my coach told me to everyone else. I love, I'll quote what he said. He's like, every inch takes a mile or sorry, every mile takes an inch. So if, 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 if I'm trying to run a marathon, and I haven't ran 5K yet. What am I doing? Right. So for me, it took that long because I needed to work myself backwards. What could it look like? Okay, I want that in a year. How about 10 years? So what do I now need to do before that? Right. I love it. Mr. ITD, what about you? Um, Major decision, business decision? I think like to keep it as short as possible too is I think the business has been running good in the last year. It's almost been on autopilot. One of the things that me and you have incorporated more is consistency and training because you wanted to get back in shape and I wanted to be more consistent with my training. I think uh, the biggest decision that I've made is I was dabbling in and out with, do I just teach people or do I just want to improve myself too? And I think like the choice of just wanting to always grow and get better. And one of the compliments that I love receiving from others, and I see it as like a form of respect is guys will say, you know, like you were, uh, you were good in college, but like you've gotten better as you've gotten older. Right. And I think that that itself is where I'm kind of going towards because the biggest change for me has always been to grow, but now kind of committing to the online world and it's hard to say because the change i feel like has happened in these last few weeks everything else has kind of been obviously growing but not exponentially where it's we're scaling to the point where we're kind of taking over different aspects of the industry so i think for me the next step is I, i've posted 10 days in a row i can't remember the last time i've done that the numbers have been going up tremendously which i haven't seen in like the last two years. Um, but the next step is definitely building an audience where online teaching, online courses, and being able to, to do those things, the same thing that I'm doing for 50 to 100 kids be done for hundreds of thousands of people. Right, and so that decision, I know we've been talking about a lot about the online space mm -hmm. over the past number of years, but what was that trigger? Because I know you've the last 10 days you've been posting what was that trigger in terms of that decision? Um, and how long did it take you from the thought of the decision of, you know what, I should post more online. I really want to take this 
This is a decision, right? We're talking about decision and processing. So I want to know that process. Was this an internal thing? Was there a trigger? Like I'm seeing something from somebody else. And how long did you say, you know what? I'm about to switch it up and I'm about to turn up the heat. Yeah. I think uh, before, like, because my media stuff is pretty good and because I'm able to combine it with basketball pretty well, I think the same information that others might post isn't as much of a threat as when I post it. So sometimes I'd, I'd be fearful of like, what are other people thinking or other people thinking I'm trying to take their space and all that. But now it's more like I'm me. And I think I've, I've gained more confidence in this last year that you know this, when I make a choice, it's happening, yep. right? Like I talked about, I'm going to find a wife this year, make it happen. I'm going to buy a Tesla, made it happen. One of my things that I'm saying by next year, end of next year, I have to be over 100K. And I'm verbally, verbally saying that now as accountability as well. But I've made that choice. And I think it's as simple as making the choice. Because in the during the pandemic, when I was at 6,000, I said, I'm going to get to 10K. And you said, it's going to be hard. Do you think you can post once a day, twice a day? I was like, yeah. And I did it every day. And I think the the hardest part is committing because you know how much hard work it takes. So that, that's what I'm asking is that process of you committing, how long did it take for that reasoning to come about? Whether it's in your head, you know, obviously with Kenny asking his network yep. to make this major decision for you, what was that and how long did that take you? I'd say years because now I'm thinking um, before it was like I was living very comfortably and making enough everything's kind of fine for me but now that i'm adding somebody to the family i'm thinking okay well what are the next steps if i wanted to have a lot more freedom in my time the choice was maybe it's i'm getting married in a week right maybe it was that but something always pushed me towards this i think there was just one last hammer that needed uh one one last nail that needed to be hammered and I think that finally happened and it kind of switched in me where obviously consistency through training, it sharpened my mind back up to be like, you know, I'm being consistent. I know I can do this because as you get older, I'm 31 now. So basketball is obviously taxing on the knees and, and the body. So you're like, how, how well could I do this? But now I'd say my habits have changed in the last three months where, um, I'm just doing things and compiling different ideas and thoughts and being consistent with it. I think the hardest thing is consistency Yeah, yeah. is the more I say consistent with one thing, the more I felt like I could be consistent with another. And I think out of nowhere, it feels like I'm able to do this. But at the same time, I've also been prepping for it in its own ways and kind of been half half in, half out. And this has been the first time where I'm kind of back to my old ways of by any means necessary i don't care if i have to stay up i don't care if um, my body's hurt i'm still gonna do it right it's the wolf is back yeah the wolf is back That's wolf. i love that i love that and i think um just to reiterate from what you guys have said for me a major decision has been um you know getting the office for sure was huge um obviously there's a number of decisions that i've, I've made over the past past 12 months but i think I work very well on pressure. Mm -hmm. I need that pressure. And I also need an external enemy that I have, um, whether it's a thing or a person or competition for me to really make a push 
because like you said, like there's ways where, you know, you get to the next level in your business and all of a sudden you're like, ah, I could chill for a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, I got, I got over this hump, like that pressure, that hurt, that, Mm -hmm. that was uncomfortable. Right. I got to the next level, but now I'm like, all right, I'm gonna just chill for a bit. But sometimes the problem is you can chill for too long Mm -hmm. and you get stuck in that way of like, oh, I'm good. I'm making a lot of money. Uh, My team's good. We got jobs. We got XYZs rolling. But to get to that next tier, that next level, for me, I need to put myself back in the pressure situation. So what is that? And how? And the, the faster I put myself in that position, the faster I make that that big decision. And if I'm not uncomfortable in, in, in those ways, for example, paying the rent for the office and buying this and upgrading equipment and getting XYZ or building a team, those are things that are, are very uncomfortable because I've never done it before. And so I have to put myself in those positions and, you know, getting the office and, you know, for me and Adriel knows this is Adriel does all of our videos. I, I will step in, I will step into projects when I'm, when I need it. But Adriel handles all of our, our video production. He's our director of video. He's cr- our creative director. And I purposely did that so that I can remove myself in order for me to focus on growing the business. In order for me to be the producer of these projects, manage these projects, get more gigs for us, build the team, that's uncomfortable because mm-hmm. my, my whole thing is specialty is video. So I could easily get in and hop on, on camera and start doing these gigs well, who's going to run the business? I need that time, that energy, that effort to go towards that vision and clarity. And so those are the sort of decisions that um, for me that I've made. But also um, the faster I put myself into that uncomfortable position, the faster I make that decision. It was the same thing with the house. When I bought the house four years ago, and I always bring this up before COVID, I, I was like, man, I don't know if I can pay the mortgage for this. But we put 5% down on this $300,000 home. Uh, I don't know if, and this was again, four or five years ago, you know, 25, 26 years old. I don't even know if my job, my position is stable and I put the minimum down and I, we had to renovate this entire house. I don't, know, I, I don't know the first thing to do about renovations, bro. Nothing. I don't know, but I had to put myself in that position. All right, we'll buy it and we'll figure it out. And so for me, that's how I make my major decisions. Maybe it's not a good thing, but I gotta, I gotta do it. No, I agree. Right? I'm with you on that. Is I I operate better with my back against the wall, and without taking that next leap, you can't actually take that next leap or scale without the risk. And I think sometimes like the risk, the fear of that risk not working, is what prevents you from taking that next step because the thoughts nice. kind of compile up. And I guess maybe that's been my own uh, Achilles heel. That now the switch has happened is because I'm willing to to risk whether it be time, effort, all this effort towards putting, taking this at a different level. But then that same pressure of you're creating yourself accountability through deadlines and different things and investing. Yeah. Risk is by far the best motivator. Agreed. Anything else you want to add, brother? No. You've been quiet for the last This is nice. I'm getting all the, uh, the, the nuggets sure bro well that's a wrap ladies and gentlemen we appreciate it if you haven't subscribed to our youtube channel second floor podcast do it we have a ton of hot topics coming every single week me karam and kenny are going to be on 
scene. We're going to be wrapping up our IG content. We're going to be talking about current events. So if you guys have anything that you want us to bring up, bring about, let us know. And I hope you guys enjoyed this moderated episode by Cassius. And we shall see y'all next week.